We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz, presented by OGGBasketball.com and NetsRepublic.com. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, as always, the great Australian, Jack Manuel. What's up, Jack? Two wins on the trot, Nicholas. Winning streak. I mean, I'm loving this. Yeah, it, it's been great, and the Nets are taking care of business. I mean, that was a big win against Philly, and then they took care of business on the road against Phoenix tonight. The Nets won 104-82. No great team performance, and they really just dominated the game from the second quarter on. Very impressive win. What were your initial takeaways seeing, you know, as the box score and the win? Yeah, for me, it was just good to see, you know, a plus 20-point win. You know, take that momentum from a Philly game and do it against a lesser opponent against the Phoenix Suns. You know, DeAndre Ayton's got some nice talent. Devin Booker's got talent. But we were able to nullify both of those guys and just, you know, use our depth to our advantage, use all the things to our advantage. And within such a short time frame, uh, it was positive to see because, you know, these are the sort of performances we should be seeing from the Nets. And it's proving to us that we are making the the inroads that we, we want to be seeing, even at this early point in the season. Because notoriously, you know, the, since we've been doing the buzz, we've always uh, talked about the, the Nets' struggles early on. And with Damari uh, possibly returning to Denver uh, and possibly the Denver game, if not the Golden State game, uh, it's just going add to add to our depth and add to our um, pool of talent. Yeah, exactly. When a guy's having an off night, they'll be able to bring in DeMar or have, you know, put somebody else to the bench or play them lesser minutes. Yeah, this was a really impressive win. You know, in the past, the Nets haven't really taken care of business. And now, like, the depth and the talent starting to stick out. You know, like you mentioned, Karis LeVert did an excellent job taking Devin Booker out of the game. I think he shot 6-21 of 21 from the field. He just really did a great job fighting over screens, chasing around the court. Also, offensively, you know, Karis dropped 26 on 10-16 of 16 from the field, 3-6 of 6 from 3. And like you said, DeAndre Ayton, you know, Jared Allen, Ed Davis brought that physicality. Also, the team defense defense was very nice you know the guys did a great job helping and forcing deflections which is something we've gotten after them about that we wanted to see more of they've done that the last two games and that's why they won the t- turnover battle 20 to 10 and I think 
defensively, Kenny's probably made a few adjustments, and individually, the team has just stepped up. Even T'Angelo Russell, you know, and his shooting nights aren't great. Allen Crabb, same thing. But they both kind of put some effort in defensively, and I think that's something you can really buy into this team because the Nets, again, didn't shoot well from three, 25%, nine to 36, you know, rough free throw, free throw shooting night as well. And they still grinded out the win. They really dominate this game, you know, in the second and fourth quarter. Yeah, points in the paint, I think, is, is, is another area. We I think we scored about 70 points uh, in the paint against Philadelphia. With Joel Embiid there, that's that's saying something. Obviously, you know, Rashawn Holmes and DeAndre Ayton are world beaters uh, defensively, but it's still, you know, a feat in itself to be able to win that battle. Um, you know, Ed Davis obviously has that physicality. Jared Allen, another nice night for him, a near trip, a near double-double with also five assists as well and, and a block and a steal. You know, the I watched, I was able to watch on my lunch break most of the, the second quarter, and I, I'm just really impressed by D'Angelo's defensive instincts have gotten a lot better. Now, obviously, he was up against Isaiah Cannon, who probably isn't a starting caliber point guard, but to be able to pickpocket anyone in today's NBA is a feat in itself. And for him to do that, have those you know active hands for me was um, one of the plays of the game. Yeah, honestly, if it's something D'Angelo can do, you know, once or twice a game every night, it's just a little plus to add in there, especially if you're not shooting great from the field. But I thought he did a good job. You know, at a couple points, he maybe held the ball a little bit too much, but at a lot of points, he did a great job of kind of controlling the game. A couple beautiful bounce passes up there. And the ball movement, there was a couple beautiful just highlight plays where everybody was touching the ball, was just moving around the court. And the Nets, like I said, didn't shoot well from three. I mean, they shot a decent number from three you know in the 30s or something this is probably a 30 point win because they weren't even missing they weren't uh, taking bad threes they were just missing open threes yeah was it just a, a case of bad luck on that end do you think nick that ball just wasn't necessarily going i remember seeing a couple of joe harris buckets and i'm like oh these are going in for sure but then they just happened to rim out yeah, I would say, you know, it's the, some of the Joe Harris ones were halfway down. Jared Dudley missed a few that were wide open. Same thing for D'Angelo. And we know Alan Crabb is struggling, and he's had a couple open ones. He took a couple bad ones, too. But overall, I think they just missed them. But they did a great job continuing to attack inside, and they kind of pulled Aiton away, forcing them in some weird situations. They got some guys in foul trouble. Devin Booker had three fouls early. Also, shout out to Spencer Dimity, where the Suns were almost kind of making a run, I guess, in that fourth quarter. He had a nice little individual seven-point run, two quick layups to the rim, and then he pulled up from three and that pretty much sealed the deal. I mean, the Suns were technically still in it, but that kind of gave the Nets more confidence to really just control this one. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I've, I tooted the horn of Joe Harris for three-point contest last year. Obviously, he's going to be in this year. I mean, if we don't, we're right. But uh, relating to Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, my first ever piece, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toot my own horn again. First ever piece for NetsRepublic.com, sixth man of the year contender. Um, did he validate his claims even further tonight, Nick? Yeah, no, he was great tonight. I thought he had some nice defensive plays, too. He's done a great job of trying to fight over screens this year. He's been called for a couple fouls, but honestly, I don't mind in that situation. A very efficient night, too. Five of seven from the field, you know, three assists, five rebounds. You know, you really felt him on the court. And I feel pretty confident when uh, Spencer's out there, you know, even if D'Lo's having a bad night and they have to go to Spencer, I think that'll really help his case because we know D'Angelo can be inconsistent. Having a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie to back him up should really be a pleasure for Kenny and the Nets in general. And I think the six-man case, like you brought up, Jack, you know, that was a great piece that you wrote. And, you know, some people at the time thought it was some of a hot take. But I think, you know, it's a real possibility. I think he'll at least, you know, uh, finish in probably the top five or the top seven at least. Yeah, I mean, I... 
Anthony Puccio put a, his name out there already. He's, you know, I believe top five in scoring off the bench. He's getting the minutes, which is obviously going to be a key factor. And, you know, with guys like him, Lou Will, uh, JJ Redick, who was my pick on JBT, I think that's going to be a key factor. And, you know, most improved player, sixth man of the year, I'm sure he's going to want to win one of those awards. He's got the Taco Bell Skills Challenge. Um, I don't think you can necessarily go back and defend that title. Maybe you can. <laughs> I've never seen it before. But uh, tell us about your boy, Carol Silvertonik. You were speaking to me off white about uh he was had a really great two-way performance one of his better uh, of the year and that's saying something because he's had some games this year yeah honestly this might have been my favorite performance of Karis LeVert just because he was able to really take Devin Booker out of the game who we know is becoming one of these you know elite scorers in the NBA he did a great job chasing him on the, the court he also you know displayed that patience again getting in the rim I think he cooked uh, Mikel Bridges one time he went up on a pump fake he really just got him to bite badly and then also he had a couple silky smooth three-point shots where he just pulled back looks very confident out there and you're scoring 26 points on 10 of 16 from the field you know that is just impressive also we got five rebounds which wasn't bad either Really great game from Karras. And, you know, if they needed him to probably score more, he probably could have. Um, now, Nick, the turnover battle, it's two games in a row now that the Nets have been able to force turnovers. Uh, what was the key to that on both ends of the floor? You talked about Karras Avert. Um, I, I had a little bit of a tidbit about uh, D'Angelo Russell. How did the Nets, you know, force the Phoenix to commit 20 turnovers tonight? Yeah, and then similar to the Philly game, some of it was Phoenix, you know, not being a great team. There's a couple passes where they just straight up threw them out of bounds. But I think deflections, I think when you're forcing deflections, it's taking the offense out of rhythm. They're more likely to throw those bad passes. Also, the team defense, you know, a couple times they got mismatched in the post against Aiton, you know, a smaller guy like a Joe Harris or D'Angelo Russell. You saw Spencer Dinwiddie or Karis Avert coming over the top, kind of getting that deflection, preventing the ball from getting in there. So great job. Also had Shabazz do a couple of nice plays. There was one play where he was almost playing free safety at that half court line picked off the ball I think hit Spencer for a three that was huge I think just overall the team defense and forcing the deflections I think deflections are huge and they're very underrated definitely and you know nine seals to four to, to double a team in, in that sort of department and with turnovers and you know it was obviously a case early in the season which probably lost us a couple of games that we should have won but tell me about DeAndre Ayton and Jared Allen you know two really young rising centers very different skill sets very different sort of games but it seemed like Jared Allen won that battle if you I mean if you're looking on paper people will see you know the numbers from DeAndre Ayton and he obviously is an offensive mastermind uh, when it comes to that sort of department and he is a lot more filled out than our boy Jared Allen but Jared Allen seemed to certainly hold his own if not better yeah, and I want to give props to the coaching staff because they pretty much told Jared Allen, Ed Davis, they said to let DeAndre Ayton shoot, and he probably missed five or six jump shots. Just, you know, wide-open jump shots. They were just letting him shoot out there. Jared Allen did a great job of kind of playing him to that thing. And like I said, the team helped Jared Allen out too. You know, there's a couple of plays where he got muscled inside, but overall he did a great job. He also did a really good job early in the game, uh, Jared Allen attacking the offensive boards, you know, getting some tip out. Same thing for Ed Davis. You know, I thought that was very impressive, and they just held their own. You know, they just took care of business, and they took, you know, probably their two best offensive players in Aiden and Booker really and made them struggle. Now, Nick, obviously, uh, two are probably the toughest games that you can play against uh, Nuggets <laughs> and Golden State Warriors. The two form teams of the NBA other than Toronto Raptors, but luckily we don't have them sort of in the third game in a row. But what do we need to do? Jamal Murray's on fire. Nikola Jokic is one of the best centers in the game. Is there any way we can get this W? Uh, I mean, the Nets need to come out and play hard the entire, you know, 48 minutes of the game. Obviously, you know, a nice shooting night from three would help something, and maybe the 40% range would be nice. I think, you know, maybe you could try to get Jokic in foul trouble. I know he's improved defensively this year, but there is still the possibility to kind of get him. And maybe you can catch Nuggets sleeping in that third uh, in that first quarter and really attack them. Hopefully, Jamal Murray kind of used all of his scoring against Boston, and, you know, the Nets want to deal with that. 
think it's just, you know, playing hard the whole game and trying to work in what they kind of do. Denver, like you said, has been playing great. They have a couple guys where maybe, you know, they're less talented, like the like a Craig or somebody they're going to bring in. You know, maybe kind of let those guys try to beat you instead of maybe letting Jokic or Gary Harris or Jamal Murray. You know, maybe you make Paul Millsap take 15 shots or something. You know, try to make the guys that aren't their great offensive talents beat you and then just work the ball around offensively and just make the Nuggets beat you. You know, you don't want to lose the game. You don't want to get crazy. You don't want to lose a turnover battle or anything like that. I think you just play great basketball, high energy, and give yourself a chance to compete. And maybe if the game's within uh, five with two minutes left, I think you did a great job. Yeah, and I think you talked a little bit about forcing other guys. You know, obviously, they're an incredibly talented team. Their starting five is very talented, offensively very gifted, defense has grown. But the Nets have a lot of depth now that we've sort of marveled at, even at the start of the season, before the season. Use that to your advantage if you coach Kenny. You know, if there are nights where you need to put out, you know, Shabazz Napier for 20 minutes, you know, give Ed Davis a couple more minutes because Jared Allen's a little bit lethargic, then do so. Use that uh, talent to your advantage. And if we add in a Zamari Carroll, you know, that's an 11th man. And obviously, Coach Kenny has said before that he wants to limit the rotations to nine or ten. But if you have Damari Carroll out there and you can add him in for, you know, 10 to 12 minutes, get his legs a little bit, get him to just make a couple three-point shots and some nice defensive plays, and that can obviously add to it as well. But it's going to be a tough stretch. And if we can get a win, then uh, I don't know what we'll be doing for the buzz. We'll have to do some sort of celebratory <laughs> buzz because um, it'll be, you know, an awesome, I mean, I didn't expect the Philly win on my birthday, but um, it'll be my birthday twice in, the, in in a week if they somehow get those Ws. But any last thoughts, Nick, before we uh, end this one? Uh, you know, not really. I mean, I, I got to say I'm pretty happy where the Nets are, five and six. You know, they're currently sitting seventh in the Eastern Conference. I think they've been really impressive so far this year. And, you know, the games against New Orleans and Detroit on the first game of the season easily could have bounced the other way. And you're looking at the Nets, you know, having a better record being like seven and four. And I think that'd be a great start. They've given themselves a lot of opportunities. They really only are blown out in that Pacers game and that Knicks game. So if they can compete against Golden State and Denver, I'd be very happy. And like you said, I'm not expecting a win, but I'd be happy if they can just make it close. Yeah, that's all it's all about, Nick. We're going to just play some good basketball and we'll see what happens. Tell, tell the, the listeners where you can find us. You can find us on otgbasketball.com, netsrepublic.com, iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, YouTube, Dash Radio. You can also find Jack and I on Twitter at OTG underscore Nick and the J-Man JBT. Thank you, everybody, for listening, as always. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.